welcome to Life Giver Military Spouse Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope that will breathe life into your military marriage and home. This is Corey Weathers, and I'm so excited to share this journey with you. Hello, Life Giver listeners. My name is Rachel, and I'm a proud Marine wife and mother of three. My shout out today is for the fellow military wives in my life. Over the last 10 years in seven duty stations, I can honestly say that it takes a village to raise a military family. My fellow military spouses that I've met all these years across every branch of service, you have been my friends who listen, give me biblical advice since you've been there too. You share in the highs and lows of life together. You've been my cheerleader, my prayer warrior, my friendly coworker, my battle buddy during deployments, my last minute babysitter, carpool driver, meal provider when we're sick, fellow runner, midnight texting friend, emergency, I need a cupcake deliverer, and friend that understands when I haven't taken a shower for three days. You have no judgment and you love me despite it. You military wives are my heroes at home and my lifeline. I honestly couldn't live this military lifestyle that I love so much without you. Welcome to the second episode of Life Giver Military Spouse Podcast. I'm so excited to talk with you today about a growing topic that is really wreaking havoc in the military spouse world. If you haven't heard about it, we're going to be talking about the role of cyberbullying in our community. And just for the fun of it, we're going to talk about why I think every military spouse should be a fan of Wonder Woman. Now, those of you who know me know that I'm a huge fan of Wonder Woman. And so just for fun, we're going to talk about at the end of the podcast what I think is so awesome about her and why I think every military spouse should be a fan. So let's get right into it. Cyberbullying is a huge issue. It's been um, talked about within families, parents that are struggling with teens that are dealing with cyberbullying. My recent practice in Augusta, Georgia was dealing with uh, teenage girls who are struggling with the effects of cyberbullying. And this was a huge topic between me and some of the family members that I was working with as it related to their teens and how teens should take care of a cyberbullying issue. I did not realize until I went through the Military Spouse of the Year voting process that cyberbullying is also a huge issue in the military spouse culture. Now, some of you guys might find that that's shocking, and it was shocking to me as well. So I wanted to give you an update as far as what's going on within the military spouse culture and why there's cyberbullying going on and why you should know about it and what you can do about it. So here's what's going on. There are some social media websites on Facebook and probably some other platforms as well, where the military spouse community is getting together and attacking other military spouses. So I'm not going to tell you kind of where that is or what the names of them are because I really don't want to promote that from here. I really don't want to encourage it and there's nothing good that comes from going out and finding it and looking for it and entertaining it And, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But I really wanted you to know what's actually going on and um, that it is going on. So here's what's basically happening. So many of us military spouses, myself included, go to uh, groups on Facebook, such as Fort Jackson's military spouse page or Fort Stewart's military spouse wives or military wives 
to find what we need in order to um, move into a community and get our families going and um, have it transition smoothly. I know for me, I'm currently in transition to Fort Jackson and I have already liked military spouses for Fort Jackson to find out what are the local dentists, what are the local places to eat, um, just all kinds of information that's important, what the schools are like. And a lot of us have found those group pages as a safe place where we can go and connect with other military spouses and figure out how to transition smoothly. A lot of brand new military spouses are also liking those communities in order to feel connected, in order to navigate the new culture of being a military spouse, and it has proved to be a wonderful resource for people to feel connected and feel supported. I'm sure if you've been on any of those pages that you have seen um, new spouses get on there and ask very good questions, understandable questions about what it feels to them as being a new military spouse and how do they navigate some of the struggles. So many of you I've seen have been very kind and supportive to those new spouses to mentor them and educate them. Well, the cyberbullying websites are basically screenshotting some of these posts and some, some images also that have been put on some of these pages and post them on their own cyberbullying site in order to attack them, attack their character, or rip them apart. I came across finding out about these pages because during the voting process, um, somebody alerted me to my own image being on one of those sites. I can't tell you that I resisted the temptation and didn't go look for it. I think like many of you would, if you knew that your image was um, put somewhere that you didn't give permission for, you'd want to go check it out, and I did. Unfortunately, um, I mean, well, yes, I was completely ripped apart. People had all kinds of hateful things to say about the voting process, but the original intention of them putting this image of me on the site wasn't necessarily to start attacking me. Um, it was actually a comment that was placed underneath my image by someone that I didn't know who made a very harmless statement but this cyberbullying site felt that this spouse who had made a comment was, quote, wearing her husband's rank. And that gave them the opportunity to basically rip this person apart. And it was very sad to me. I can tell you that these cyberbullying cyber sites are running about 35,000 strong. And that's just one site. And so it's very sad. It's very disheartening. Um, and it's shocking to find out that that's going on. A community and a culture that has always been so protective and so loyal and supportive to one another. Um, in fact, that's how we survive, I think, and how we thrive in this community is to be supported and find that support quickly. It's sad that the community is attacking itself. So um, basically, I wanted to bring you some ideas to think about on how you can handle cyberbullying cyber in your own life. And what I encouraged a lot of teens to do as we talked about it, I want to share with you some of the wisdom that I have actually received from teens who have dealt with it far more than I think us adults have. And um, just a little bit of hopefully inspiration that can encourage you for if you come across it. So what can we do? What can we do? We all come across cyberbullying, even if we're not going to these social media pages that are set aside specifically to attack the character of other people. We come in contact with it every day. We see it as debates 
grow on social media. Um, differing opinions can spark emotion and cause reactions and people venting their right to free speech. And very quickly, we find people attacking one another. Cyberbullying ranges from everything from name calling to attacking a person's character to threatening them in any way. And the Department of Defense is calling this cyber misconduct. Um, to give it, I guess, a new name other than cyberbullying. It is a form of misconduct, and they are already having these discussions on what they can do to address the growing trend that's happening in our military community. So here's the thing. There may be very little that we can do about this issue, and I don't want to say that in a discouraging way. I want us to be very realistic on what it is that we can do, the power that we have and the control that we have. Some of you out there are feeling called to address this topic and I champion you and I am encouraging you and I'm thankful for the calling that you feel to attack this subject. Many of you are trained to do it, um, have a fire and a passion to, and a voice, the ability to talk within your circle of influence to make some of these changes happen that need to happen. And I'm so grateful for those of you who are doing your best to be that voice against something that's so terrible. So some of you are feeling that calling and are doing some great things. They're talking to the Department of Defense in order to help them learn how to regulate or address some of those issues, especially if there's any soldiers that are getting involved in the bullying, that's where the DOD can um, do something about it if there's actual threats that happen or something that threatens someone's safety. So others of you out there have been writing blogs and challenging the pages and, and have been really using your voice to create change and I'm grateful for you as well. And I think this is so awesome. And I wanna do whatever we can to support those of you who feel that calling in a way that you feel supported and in a way that helps you have the energy and the strength that you need to continue that fight in a way that is productive and effective. So but what do you do when you don't feel like it's your calling to go out there and fight or write or use your voice? Or what if you're not even aware of the fight and you just don't even come across cyberbullying very much? Um, there's a good chance that you have seen it or you're, you've seen your children go through it. Um, I mean, I can even tell you that my children were at, at, at a local YMCA doing swim lessons and there was a local child that threatened my, my child by saying he was going to post something online and make fun of him that way. And I, that was when my child was eight years old. He hardly knew what online was. So this is a growing issue that if you haven't faced it or heard about it or dealt with it, um, very soon, we're going to find ourselves dealing with it more often than we thought. That's my phone. So I'm going to turn that off. Okay, so here's what we can do. Um, three things that I feel like we can do to have a positive impact and have a little bit of influence and control. So number one, you only have control of you. If you haven't learned this lesson, I think most of you have it's considered a gentle reminder that um, none of us have control over anyone except for ourselves. If you're listening to this and you are a military spouse, then that means that you're married. And boy, marriage is the perfect initiation into realizing that we have little to no control over other people in our life. 
marriage has a way of showing us that we can want to see change happen in our marriage. We can want to see our spouse do something differently, but it is a whole other story to figure out how to actually make that change happen. And we learn very quickly in marriage that we can't force it. Add to that, if you have ever gone through a pregnancy, my goodness, that is one area that we realize we definitely don't have control. We don't have control over our own bodies, and pregnancy is a perfect example of that. I remember thinking how strange it was that I was creating this life. I was. My body was creating this life, and yet no amount of me thinking about it or choosing to grow this life was actually making it happen. Now, I had great influence into the health of my child by what I ate or what I did with my body, but my body was in control over developing that child, and I didn't even have control over that. So add to that a few, fast forward a few years later, and boy, parenting is another example of when we realize the next level of just how little control we have. Try taking a toddler who does not want to eat something um, and making them eat it, and thinking no amount of you begging with them, reasoning with them, forcing them can make a child swallow. That child decides and knows very early on that they have a strong will and the ability to have a choice. And by the way, when you see your child um, pushing the envelope and you see them fighting you um, or feeling out of control, one of the first areas you will see them exhibit the control that they instinctively know that they have is through food. That is one thing that they know instinctively inside of themselves. No one can force them to swallow. And a lot of times you will see children refusing to eat or eating too much as the first sign of them feeling out of control in their life. They control what they can control, which is themselves. And we as adults do the very same thing. When we feel that our life is out of control, one of the first things that we do is control ourselves or, or, or reach for control or make um, other people feel controlled because we are so desperate to feel somehow in control. Very quickly, we realize that any interaction that we have with another human being after adulthood, trying to force human change is a worthless cause. There's nothing that we can do by forcing somebody that actually makes them want to change. So aggressively pointing it out only makes us the same bully. When we attack another bully, it just makes us one. And so aggressively forcing someone to change makes us no different. So number one is important that we realize that we only have control over ourselves. And that is harder than it sounds, especially when you feel wronged. So let me give you a little bit of, ex of an example based on my morning. It's always funny and amazing and frustrating to me that when I'm going to teach something, whether it's at a retreat or a workshop, that life or God has a way of making sure that I have learned my lesson about whatever I'm going to teach before I teach it. 
So we are currently in our temporary lodging waiting for housing to open up. And of course, things never go smoothly. What was going to turn into seven to 10 days in a hotel has now turned into who knows how long because housing isn't going to be ready for us when they said that they were going to be ready. Now, I had a very visceral response to feeling wronged by that. I had prepared, I had planned, I had budgeted, I had done everything possible, and my husband had done everything possible to make sure that our family was feeling safe, feeling in control, feeling um, that they, we had, had the ability to process the move and that we could make this move as smooth as possible. And yet here's a situation where because of some miscommunication and because of some mistakes made um, by the housing um, people that now we're in a situation where we feel wronged. I feel wronged. And Mama Bear comes out. And I had every temptation this morning to want to react, to want to go up to the housing department, the housing people at Balfour Beatty, and just let them know just how difficult my situation was and how they really messed things up for me. And I had so many things go through my mind, like I'm sure so many of you have been through yourselves. And um, when it came down to it, I, I didn't um, entertain that. I didn't do what I was tempted to do. I didn't tear anybody apart. I didn't attack them. Um, and this is not a yay me. I can look back and see how I actually could have still handled things better. I still could have slowed down. Um, so controlling yourself when you feel wronged is extremely difficult. It takes a level of self-control that feels gut-wrenching when it actually happens. I know that when we experience cyberbullying online, when we see something unfolding online, especially if it's about us, there is a visceral reaction that comes up in us that makes us want to just rip into somebody or defend ourselves or stand up for truth or whatever that reaction is. But having a moment to slow down and pause and, and get a bigger picture perspective and ask ourselves, how will we handle this situation? I have control over me. And that person who did what they did by allowing them to, to affect me and to affect my behavior and cause a reaction in me for me to then rea react quickly and impulsively, that makes it seem as if that person actually has control over me when actually I have control over myself. I get to decide whether or not I react. That person doesn't make me mad. I choose to be mad. That person doesn't make me need to stand up for myself. I am choosing to stand up for myself. And if we take a moment to pause and think about it and realize that we have the choice to react and we have the choice of how we're going to react, that is the first step of what kind of influence that we can have. We need to understand the bigger picture. We need to think through what will our response do from a big picture perspective? Will it actually make a difference in what's going on right now for me to react impulsively? We need the restraint, the ability to restrain ourselves so that we don't confuse our des desire to crusade the issue to not confuse that with retaliation. 
just because we feel like we have the right to run in and say something, attack someone to respond quickly and swiftly, doesn't necessarily mean that that's the best way to handle it. It's often retaliation in disguise. It often just looks like revenge. And that isn't necessarily the most effective or productive way to handle cyberbullying. We also need the wisdom to know our level of influence and how we best can use it for good. Having the self-control to stop ourselves and to think about the situation takes all of that. Stepping back, seeing the big picture, restraining ourselves so that we can accurately see if we're confusing our desire to crusade with what could be retaliation, and thinking through and and asking ourselves, what is the wise way for me to move forward? All takes a level of self-control that is extremely difficult when you're upset, when you're hurt, or when you see someone else hurt. Number two, we need to remember that cyberbullying in every form is destructive. Now that sounds like an obvious statement. Obviously, when I've worked with teenagers, cyberbullying is destructive especially when you're a kid and you don't know how to handle cyberbullying, when you don't have the coping skills to know how to stand up for yourself or how to even pause and develop that self-control, that's extremely difficult for a teenager and can be very destructive. So obviously from the receiving end, it can cause incredible destructiveness in that person. Hateful messages, aggressive statements, Um, labeling people, anything that attacks another person's character can cause depression. It can cause anxiety. I have seen cases where it's caused someone to consider suicide simply because they don't know how to handle the situation and feel like they can't escape. When I asked teens about how cyberbullying was affecting them, one of the statements they said to me was that if they were being bullied at school, in person. That's something that they could escape from. They could play sick and stay home and not have to face the bullies at school. But cyberbullying, they felt, was something they couldn't escape from. There was no amount of being able to run away from it. And I think that that is definitely true. I think that when you're on the receiving end of cyberbullying, it's hard to get away from it. When you entertain it, when you look for it, when you see it, when you experience it and it's about you or has something to do with you, it is hard to escape what has been burned in your mind. Entertaining it by looking for it only burns it in our memory similar to the way that pornography or even seeing graphic violence does. I remember when that voting process was happening and I saw my image on that page and I made the mistake to go through and read those comments, I remember some of the words that stood out. I remember what picture of me was there. I remember the hundreds of comments that were underneath. It was such a visceral reaction within me that it burns in my mind and it leaves a scar. And that's how pornography works. It's how graphic violence, when anyone sees that, it has a way of going against the way that we are created to value morals and things that are good, that it it strikes us in a way that's hurtful. 
why would one human being want to do that to another human being? And it causes a scar in your memory. And so being on the receiving end of it, if you go out and look for it, you're inviting that into your life. You're inviting that scarring to happen in your life. Believe me, I, I know it. I've experienced it. And I've seen it experienced by others as well. So we have to be careful to not go out and look for it. Only those who are called to actually fight the cyberbullying or trained on how to handle it should be the ones that are going out and looking for it. Be careful what you do. Remember that song that we learned as a, ki as a kid, Be Careful Little Eyes, What You See? It's so important in this area to not entertain the negativity that's out there. Um, one of the other things teens told me when I brought this to them, I said, hey, what, what opinions do you guys have or what advice do you have for the military spouses that are dealing with this? They actually were shocked to hear that adults were actually doing this to other adults. They understood that as teenagers, that was expected, that children don't know how to handle themselves or how to deal with conflict, especially online. But to hear that adults were actually doing this to one another was quite surprising to them. But one of the things one of them said to me, and it was so wise coming from a youth, she looked at me and said, tell them to not feed the trolls. And if you haven't heard that phrase, it's a big phrase right now. It just basically means you don't provoke it. You don't, there's no point in going out there and fighting something if it's only going to feed the monster. Now, when I first heard that teen say that to me, I kind of had a reaction inside where I wanted to be protective of this teenager. I wanted them to stand up for themselves. I wanted them to defend themselves with confidence. I wanted her to value her self-worth and, and fight for something um, bigger than these cyber bullies. But I restrained myself and I thought a lot about it. And what I realized actually was that she was very wise in what she was saying. That going back to number one, when you only have control of yourself and you realize that you can't force another person to stop what they're doing, especially if it's online. I mean, obviously, if you're face-to-face -face with someone and they're harming you, and we teach this to our children, that if they're harming you and you have the ability to um, make them stop by going and finding help or, or, you know, if you have to defend yourself physically, that's important. But online, if you are going and searching for it and finding it and then provoking it, that's not effective. And it may not be the best way to stand up for yourself. So to not feed the, the trolls. Also in line with having different forms of cyberbullying being destructive, if you allow your own response to hate online to cause hate in you, you are allowing your soul and your spirit to be destructed by the cyberbullying and by the negativity. You may think that debating online or being aggressive by, quote, using your voice is a way to um, express your right for free speech or stand up for yourself and defend yourself. Um, let me just caution you that you should ask yourself if what you are producing from your actions is producing something good. I think that's a really good filter for us to use social media responsibly to ask ourselves, is what I'm about to post going to feed 
hate and negativity to feed debate that can turn into something aggressive? Or is what I'm putting out there or the way that I'm responding in a comment thread or somewhere else, is it going to produce something good? Does it create the opportunity, the influence to produce something good? And I think that that can be a really good filter for um, whether or not we actually post something, a thought that just happens to go through our mind and just throwing it out to the universe. So be mindful of how destructive it is to someone else and how destructive it can be to you and your own spirit if we entertain it or if we allow the negativity to feed in our own spirit and in our own soul. So what does that leave us with? Does that mean that we're powerless? Does that mean that there is nothing that we can do about the cyberbullying issue? No. My answer is we absolutely, and this is number three, we absolutely have influence. We do not have control. We have to be aware of how destructive this issue really is, but that we also need to understand that we have incredible influence. If you want to be a life giver, if you want to be somebody that promotes life, that brings life out of someone else, that brings life out of your children, that brings life out of your spouse, your husband, to, that brings life out of your friends that you spend time with. Do you want to be a life giver? Do you want to be somebody that when someone comes in contact with you, they leave better than they started? Do you want to be somebody that inspires other people to want to go out and invest and encourage and breathe life into someone else? If that's what you want to be, then what you do should be about promoting life in your circumstances or into the lives of other people and less about destruction, less about causing separation, causing communities to divide, and more about how do we bring people together. So what does that look like? Here's some ideas of what I think and there's so many more ideas than just this, but here's a, just a few ideas of what I think and what I was able to come up with that could cause life online instead of destruction and division. So first of all, don't get caught up by the emotion in the, of the moment. Don't get caught up in something that causes you to want to react too swiftly and impulsively. Be willing to create thoughtful dialogue but do so with solutions. I used to hate when somebody said, don't bring me a problem unless you also have a solution. Because sometimes I just want to express what the problem is. Sometimes I just want to throw it out there and say, hey, here's an issue. Here's a problem. I don't like this. I don't like what someone else is doing to me. But if I'm not offering a solution, then I'm saying that I have no influence and that only someone else has the power to do something different. So be willing and have the freedom to create thoughtful dialogue, which is different from debating, but do so with bringing solutions also. When you come across hate, when you come across aggression or hurt towards someone else, be that person that leaves a kind comment. Monica Lewinsky delivered an incredible TED Talk. If you don't know what TED Talks are, go to tedtalks.com. They are 20-minute conversations or less. Some of them are only five minutes. But Monica Lewinsky came out of hiding after years and years and delivered an incredible talk 
on what cyberbullying did to her and what she found as solutions to move forward. And with research to back it up, she expressed the power of leaving a kind comment, the power of being able to express what it must be like to walk in someone else's headline. So be willing to leave an expression of kindness and love instead of something that only feeds the trolls, feeds the hate, or encourages the negativity. If you find that cyberbullying or negativity coming towards you, learn to be assertive instead of aggressive. There's a huge difference between assertiveness and aggressiveness. And if you don't know the difference, this is the easiest way that I can explain it to you. Assertiveness is the ability to stand up for yourself, the ability to express your personal rights and your personal opinions with respect for the other person. If aggression is attacking someone's character, then assertiveness is to stand up for yourself and to know your own rights with, and express them without attacking someone else's character. It's being willing to say, what you're doing to me right now is hurtful and it's not okay and I'm asking you to stop. It looks like sometimes going online and blocking someone if they continue to cause you hurt, but with doing so without attacking them because it's not going to make a huge dent or a big difference. Another thing, decide if inviting other people into the issue is wise or if it's just going to start something that's going to get out of control. I was tempted by that this morning. There was something that came across in my Facebook feed that really upset me. And the first thing I wanted to do was share it and rant about it. I had to stop myself and ask, is this going to be something that's going to make a difference? Is it going to be something that's going to add to the cause that can bring about positive change, that can bring something good? Or is it only going to be one more thing to debate about, to rant about, to complain about? And, it, and it, am I going to invite other people into that debate that's only going to find it very soon out of my control when I was the one that shared it? I think that we have a responsibility for the things that we share. I don't have control over whether it ignites a reaction in you, but I do hold some level of responsibility of what it is that I'm sharing and posting and it being a reflection of who I am. Finally, be willing to have all that you do online lift others up. Be willing to be somebody that inspires other people with your platform. Be willing to use it as a place to encourage the brokenhearted that lifts the spirits of those who are struggling. Be about something different. We all may have free speech, but we also have the responsibility to be good stewards of the platform that we've been given. And like it or not, the digital environment, the digital social media world has given us each a platform to stand on sometimes a soapbox, and it's our responsibility to be good stewards of what it is that we put out there. Be somebody that rises above the norm, that rises above the negativity and the hate, and stands for something different. Be an example to other people, especially your kids, of what it means to be responsible with social media, how to regulate yourself, 
not only with the words that you share, but how much time you spend on it and be a model for them so that when they are facing the same issues of cyberbullying, hopefully not too severe, but when they find themselves dealing with how do I deal with other people online, that they can look to you as an example. And that is what I wanted to share on cyberbullying. I would love to hear your comments about it. I would love to hear your feedback. If you would like to share and post something or come to my Facebook page and, and send a comment or a message about your thoughts or your experiences on cyberbullying, I would love to see you and hear what you have to say about it. And so, as promised, I'm going to take a few minutes to talk to you about why I think every military spouse should be a fan of Wonder Woman. Now, I think that this probably sounds crazy to some of you. I have always been a fan of Wonder Woman. I had Wonder Woman underoos when I was a kid. I wore these leather boots until I couldn't fit them anymore and pretended that they were the red and white striped um, boots that Wonder Woman wore. I watched religiously um, Linda Carter be Wonder Woman in the TV show. Um, I had my yellow rope that I used as my lasso that I ran around in the backyard and I would, you know, I would lasso trees and make them tell me the truth. And, um, you know, as a kid, it was, it was a person, it was a hero for me to look up to and want to be like and, and envision, um, what it would be like to save the world. Um, funny when I look back, I don't, I didn't see myself as somebody that needed to be rescued very often, but I always saw myself as someone who would go out and, and influence and change the world. And so for a period of time in my life, I kind of let that go. It was a childhood little fantasy of um, loving this superhero. But once I got married and had two boys who love superheroes, I kind of was reintroduced to um, who Wonder Woman is and, and really started to do the research on who she was. And, and then the more that I looked into it, the more I realized, wow, um, this superhero character, um, I really relate to her. And as a military spouse, especially, I have just um, really enjoyed following Wonder Woman as a female superhero. Now, it is one of my dreams to go to Comic-Con someday, and I am expressing my total nerdness by wanting that. Um, but I wanted to talk to you, just for the fun of it, about why I think that military spouses have a lot that they can learn from Wonder Woman. And we don't have time to get into all of it today. There's so much there, just like any superhero. There's an amazing backstory and amazing internal struggles that they go through. And superheroes really have a lot more to do with humanity and what we can learn about ourselves through the life of a superhero, um, somebody who is beyond human. But um, Wonder Woman is awesome. And some of this came up from the new Batman Superman movie that's coming out next year. Um, and this week, even, a new trailer just came out with, where we get the first glimpses of the new Wonder Woman. No one has been able to pull Wonder Woman off since Linda Carter. And so there is a lot of excitement in nerddom about um, what will Wonder Woman be like and so these are the reasons why I think that we should all be fans of her. Now, I believe in God and I worship God, but I can say I'm a fan of this superhero. So number one, I don't know if we could find a female superhero that is more patriotic than Wonder Woman. I mean, 
her costume aside, I don't even know if you call it a costume because in more recent comics, she really has more of a suit of armor than it is this costume. What used to be like a bathing suit, when she really goes to war, she's in full armor. This girl is no joke. But can we just remark for a minute on the colors that she chooses? I mean, she has stars on it. She's got a gold eagle. Um, in a recent comic that I read, she even had a red cloth that was tied on her arm. I mean, she cannot, could not be more patriotic. Um, she stands up for um, the American values of protecting humanity and doing what's good. And of course, in the earliest comics, it was a lot about feminism, and so I'm not necessarily addressing a feministic or feminism approach, um, but really she is a model and an example for what women could have could, wanted to become back in the 50s, and really who she has become over the years is really a reflection of what's happened in our culture with women. And so recently you see her more as somebody who works a career, who is this superhero and struggles with the internal desire, desires of being a woman. But I don't know if you're going to find somebody that's more patriotic than Wonder Woman. And as military spouses, we are incredibly patriotic and we're very passionate about it. I mean, if we're going to allow our spouse, our service member, to go and serve our country, then we better believe what this country stands for. And um, that causes a rising up of patriotism in us that I love. I love that um, we embrace the American flag, we embrace the values, and in a lot of ways, we embrace the things that our service members stand up for, things like loyalty, courage, honor, all of those values that are just important to not only being a soldier or a Marine or whatever branch that you're in, but it causes something within you as a spouse to want to stand up for something good as well. Number two, can we just say that she's an Amazon? I mean, the girl is an Amazon. She is a princess, but she's not like a pretty, pretty princess. She is full on an Amazon and she is fierce. If you don't believe me, she is not. She is far um, more developed than the Linda Carter character that we saw on TV. This woman is a fighter and she is unstoppable, except for when it comes to choosing good versus evil in herself. She can fight like nobody's business. I saw a statue of her that was the most incredible, most beautiful statue I've ever seen. It was like a two foot tall statue and she had a shield and a spear and she carries a sword in some cases. Her lasso and her, the cuffs on her arms are not, the and her tiara, which she tends to throw, um, are not her only weapons. I mean, this woman fights and she fights for when she has to fight and when there's a worthy cause to fight. But what I find amazing about her that I relate to her as a military spouse is that she's unstoppable and that she does what it is that she is meant to do, which is to fight and stand up for good and protect other people. Um, and the only time that she stops herself that I've seen so far is when she has to when she's faced with an internal conflict, when she sees evil or something negative coming up in her, such as the opportunity to kill an opponent, she restrains herself and she chooses good over evil within herself. Even when she has the choice to fall in love with someone that would distract her from her cause, from her calling, 
she chooses her calling instead. Now, I'm not saying that we should not choose our marriages because, you know, this podcast is about something different. And that's why I say I believe in God and the values that he calls me to believe in by his word. But just for the fun of it, I'm a fan of Wonder Woman because she's unstoppable. And as military spouses, at times it feels like we have to be unstoppable. At times it feels like we have to be fierce protectors of our home, of our family, of our children, especially if our service member can't be there to help us do it. And it calls upon a courage within us, and it calls upon the power that we have and the strength that we have within ourselves, hopefully relying on God to give us that strength and courage, but it calls upon a confidence within ourselves to move forward even when it feels like life and anything else is wanting to discourage us or stop us. Number three, she is one of the strongest female superheroes I have ever seen. She pushes through that internal conflict. She pushes through physical pain and the war around her, and she is an incredibly strong female. Boy, military spouses, we know what it's like to push through things that are difficult. We know when we go through a deployment, through relocation, through confusion and chaos, sometimes through the physical pain when our bodies cannot go through any more exhaustion. We know what it's like to have to push through, and it calls upon a strength within us. And I love that no matter how beaten and scarred and how hurt Wonder Woman gets, because she is not, um, she can be harmed, she can be hurt, but she pushes through until the end. And I know, if you've ever been through a deployment, that's what it feels like. You can sometimes feel midway through, sometimes even up to the last day, it feels like you can't take another step and you have been beaten and bruised trying to get through that experience. But there is something within you that says, I'm going to push through it and I'm going to get to the end. And finally, the last reason why I think military spouses should be a fan of Wonder Woman is that this woman knows how to juggle wearing different hats like nobody's business. Not only is she a superhero with the responsibilities given to her to protect humanity and humans around her, she's also a woman and she has the desires to be loved and to love other people. And she also has a career. She has to figure out at various moments in her own life what she will fight for, where she will put her attention, and what she will do with the dilemma that she has. She has to choose who she is created to be over the desires that she currently has in front of her. As a military spouse, it is incredibly difficult to have a career if you want it. If you're in a season where you're at home and you are taking care of your children and it's not time for you to have a career or you don't have a desire to have a working career, that's okay. There's a lot of spouses, though, that do have that desire and struggle to keep a career and maintain it, much less grow it. And being in the military creates the obstacle of having to start your career over wherever you go. As I sit here in a hotel room without a job right now, it has, it has been difficult at various times to have to start over and figure out what will I do now? Will I be able to get a job? Will I be able to grow my career? But when it comes down to it, 
We are called to be who we're created to be, regardless of our circumstances. It all comes down to what's most important in our life and what it is that we are here for. We are here to have a strong marriage. We're here to raise up children if you have them. We are here to, I've heard many spouses say that when it comes down to it, when it's time to move, it's not really a choice between my career or my friends or whatever I had at that other place versus my marriage. I choose marriage every time. And so who you are called to be is more important than whatever your desire is that's currently in front of you or the narrow-minded perspective that what in front of me right now is the only thing that will be good in my life. Sometimes it takes the courage to, to prioritize the things that are most important to you and to trust that and then be creative with whatever is the next season, the next stage of wherever you're going. So there are so many other reasons that we could get into as to why we should be fans of Wonder Woman, but I just wanted to have fun and hopefully encourage you um, wherever you're at that you can be wonderful yourself. If you think I'm, I'm kidding that I am a fan of Wonder Woman, um, you should see the amazing Converse boots that my husband got for me as a gift. They are incredible knee-high red with white tongues and laces, so it looks like the white stripe up the front. They are Wonder Woman Converse boots. They are incredible. And if you fold the tops of them down, the inside lining of these boots are blue and white stars, and they are incredible. And so I love it. I'm having a lot of fun reading more about her, especially with the film that's coming out soon. Um, but I encourage you to look into her and be inspired, be encouraged to let her um, inspire you to be the best you possible, to fight for the things that are important to you, but to do so in a life-giving way, to do so in a way that brings out the good in other people. But it has to begin with you bringing the good out of yourself first. I hope you have a great day. I'm so excited that you were able to join with me on another episode. And I look forward to um, the things that we can do together and the topics that we're going to cover together in the, in the episodes to come. Until next time. Would you like to send in a shout out and have it included on the Life Giver podcast? Anyone, civilian or military, can thank a military spouse who has made a difference in your life or say thank you to a service member for working hard on your marriage. Record your shout-out by using your voice memo app available on your device and email it to corey at coreyweathers.com or call in and leave a voicemail shout-out to 706-431-7222 and we will do our best to include it in future podcasts.